Updog fella. Look good, feel good, play good. We got some new Adidas golf swag coming the fella's way. I don't know if any new golf swag would help your game, but, but I love it. Adidas is excited to introduce new offerings within the go-to apparel collection that allows you to bring your style to the golf course. Not the traditional golf uniform. Go-to brings a fresh attitude to the game wherever you play. You'll look good on and off the course while enjoying all the technical benefits that let you play your best. Featuring streetwear-inspired style, the go-to collection rewrites all the rules and encourages you to express your style through every swing. Explore the new go-to collection on adidas.com golf. Fella. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Action Park Media. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a fresh new episode of Missing Curfew. As always, I'm Shane O'Brien coming to you from Action Park Media Studios in Beverly Hills with my boy, William Scotty Upshaw. Happy New Year. Oh, it's good 2021. To be back. It's good to be back in Cali Updog. You're supporting the Rock and the Hockey Can outfit tonight, obviously, you with the gold medal right. game. It is championship Monday, and I am fired up. Baby. Come on. <laughs> it was nice to be back home and enjoying, but man, that weather, Updog. We take it for granted. Nice here. you to go back, though. That's it good for nice the, family. the family. That's good for the soul, buddy. That that cold air up there and that snow. That's nice for the. I mean, that's nice. For we the, were on the lake, so it was nice. But fuck, a couple nights, man. I was like, like what'd we you do to stay pool. warm? Drank a lot of Crown Royal, Diet yeah. Cokes. I didn't take Cons' advice with the. You know, remember how Con said before, "Hey guys, take care of yourself. So you don't have to come in the New Year's and crash." Well, I didn't listen, of course. So now I'm back on a ten days, ten day cleanse. Today's day one. Try to get the cookies and booze out of my system. Because I was in quarantine up. I just sat around with the family and drank and ate. Buddy, I could say the same thing. I actually puked this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) I got that fucking drunk. I puked. Really? I did, yeah. It was actually... I sat around with fucking Lupul's old man, Craig Ah, Lupul. he's a good and Western Canadian He lab. comes over. We're sitting in my garage. He loves the Bronco. We're looking at some of the pics and, you know, on the walls. I got the Bud Light fridge there, so we have a couple beers. After we polished off a bottle of fucking Johnny Blue, mind you. Wow. With Joe DeMarco. There you go. So, you know, we, we get that. And then as Joe's leaving, he's got his weed pen. I hit that, and it was fucking good night, Jim Kite. <laughs> Some would say that's the perfect <laughs> storm there. The last time I seen you puke was at Garza Ranch, and boy, you were puking everywhere. But uh, puking um, Captain Collie is, is not here today, so we'll bring in our boy on the East Coast, Broadway, Jimmy Scoops Hayes. Broadway, what's up, baby? Boys, what's up? Happy New Year. I just got uh, back from uh, Naples, Florida. And like you said, 
Oh, because I've been sitting in the cold. You guys have been getting that Cali swag sun all all year long. It is nice to get down in the sun, and it's great to get it's great to get the uh, people. There's a bunch of the, the Florida is wide open. You got to wear the mask when you walk in the restaurants, but those restaurants are buzzing. I think uh, you two could do some damage at that blue martini bar. <laughs> well, we've proven that already, boys. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, you guys both wasn't left. that long ago we fucking were just strolling the streets of uh, Fort, <laughs> Fort Lauderdale. Lauderdale. I mean, Updog left, is, as you know, Broadway, his stamp off Fort Lauderdale, maybe than any other Panther to ever fucking do it, maybe, right? Uh, Updog, I've, I've got a question <laughs> for you. you. Were you a blue martini guy in Fort Lauderdale? Because this blue martini, like, I never really went there. I think I went there once with, like, Kim Atkinson and Scotty. Hartnell one time when they came into town, but this blue martini in Naples is just oh, full Naples. Throttle. Naples, and I was going to say the one up in West Palm is good too, but uh, our Fort Lauderdale blue martini just never was, what, it was, was it, never popular. Was the blue martini like in a mall in Fort Lauderdale or something? No, that was Tampa. That was Tampa. Tampa yeah, Bay. Yeah, that, yeah, it was like yeah, one of those like, little strip malls. International mall. We're more yeah, rhythm that's right. Guys. I used to go in there, home and away, a little bit in Tampa, the old blue martini. It kind of fell off the wagon. <laughs> you know, it kind of turned like you, they got relegated for restaurants. They, they like didn't quite make do. the playoffs a few years in a row, and they just, no one was coming back. And all the girls, when, when, no, when you don't got the money and the good-looking cats coming in there, you know, the girls don't really go work there. So Hey, uh, Broadway, so obviously, Cons didn't, Captain Cons didn't get to see Uppies Hockey Canada t-shirt hat combo here but let's fucking let's go, go boys Canada. come on fucking gold medal game tonight your partner in crime Connolly, first time missing a podcast you think he's a little intimidated with the Canadian squad or or what's going I on i think he's just preparing confident? for the game he, you know he's been following the world juniors he's loving it these kids are so nasty i mean i mean team usa's got their hands full but i don't know i think they're gonna get it done tonight boys cons is a little undisclosed injury yeah, here. I know. Is it leading up to game time he's not like a guy he'd play rain or shine right he usually plays yeah you can count on him to play hurt so there must be something going on maybe he's wow. just maybe he's getting ready at home for this big tilt tonight because we're all fired up for it but you guys touched on it and cons has been watching it. when i landed last night at lax he was you guys were texting and stuff about how much he loved the world juniors and the one thing for me up dog when i went home yeah, I was quarantined, but man, just to be in Canada again, watching the World Juniors, these kids, like you said, Broadway, are so nasty. And Uppy, we 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 have agreed on one guy for Team Canada, D-Man. Um, just touch on him. This guy's going to be playing with Kyle McCarr. What's his name again? Bowen Byram. This kid. Who's your mind, Joe? Stud. He's a stud. Oh, it's such a good uh, like lefty shot. He moves, he moves so well side to side. Like He skates like that Miro Heskinen. In fact, when, when I see just the way he plays, so calm, collective, um, and then he's fucking Canadian on yeah. top of it. Like he he has a little bit of a mean streak. I see it, like confidence. So you put this kid with Makar, and the Colorado Avalanche have a have a one two D pairing for the next eight years, and that's that's scary. It's it's so scary. And and I saw when I saw him first skate, I was like, wow, that guy has a little bit of Duncan Keith in him. Is what I thought. The way he the way his feet move so quickly, and the way he moves side to side, and. I, I fuck. I got to be honest. I don't pay attention to much junior hockey, so I'm like, who the fuck's drafted this kid? Boom. Sure enough, Colorado. And the first thing I think Broadway is like, holy fuck, Cal McCarr and this kid for the next 10 to 15, 20 years, whatever it's going to be, it's going to be a nice deep pairing in Colorado. Yeah, that's going to be a dynamic duo. Those guys, I think they're going to put up some big numbers being paired together. And you know what? That's going to be a deadly power play in Colorado with those guys, and then the guys they have up front with Rantanen and. Um, Oh my God, McKinnon! I almost blanked oh, on the best yeah. player. I almost Landis blanked on the best player in the league. Don't forget about McKinnon. Don't forget about McKinnon. Our boy Landy with a fucking the sick flow. 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking Landy's forward to watching Colorado eight, play. Eight years with the captaincy this year, I read. But he was captain his second year when in the you, fucking yeah, league. When you were there, right? And he was single. The, the first year, Landy wins the Calder Trophy single. Wins has a great year. Wins the rookie of the year. Come back next year. They make him captain. He gets a girlfriend. I'm like, what the fuck? He's like, <laughs> oh, you know, I got to do the right thing here. I'm like, you don't got to do fuck all. They gave you the C. If you like this girl, you like her. If not, let's go back down to Marcus Street yeah. and see if we can make things happen. Me and Fact Daddy. But it's crazy that that kid was a captain at 20 years yeah. old. Dog. Yeah, I, I love to see the... It was actually probably two or three years after Mike Richards was was given a captaincy, and so so you see those things kind of uh, play out for teams picking their young studs who who show you know signs of brilliance, signs of great leadership early, you know, and and for a Swede he plays a, a big big style of game. I like it. I yeah, like, and I, I like Lannis Cog. Not that this is much of a comparison, but when I met the kid at 19 years old or 18 years old, whatever he was, I'm like, this kid's more mature than I am already, and I was whatever 26, 27 years old. You could just tell. Uh, this kid was going to be the next captain of the Colorado Avalanche for years to come. And Hazy, we've been giving Canada a lot of love. Listen, I've been impressed with the American team. Uh, the one kid that we talked about before we got on, on air here was the was his Ducks draft pick. Why uh, isn't he wearing 88? I was just going to say, he looks like Patty Kane. And what are your thoughts on, on this American team? They may have more skill, straight-up skill than Team Canada. I think Canada's deeper. We're going to come at you four lines. I think our D are probably a little bit better. But skill-wise, this American team, man, they're, they're, they're as good as it gets. Yeah, this kid, Zegris, like, I think he, I, going into last night's game, I think it was two points off the record for most points at a World Juniors, and the guy's only played 11 games. The, the Jordan Schrader who leads it, I think he's gotten like 19 or 20 games, but he he has been unbelievable. He's he's known for his playmaking ability, but he's showing off some of these goals he scored, just ripping pucks, bar Mexico, and he's just, <laughs> he's been unbelievable for the U.S. Bar and Mexico. He's gonna, him, and then this kid, Matt Boldy, he's a Boston kid, plays at Boston College. He's been unbelievable for them, too. He's been, he's uh, coming into his own. He missed uh, the team last year, so I think he kind of came back with a little bit of a grudge, and he's holding his own out there, and he's going to be a big-time prospect for the, the Wild. Speaking of uh, BC, Hazy, um, my Newfie boy, New Hook. Is he a oh. BC kid? Yeah, he's at Boston College. He's their best player. He, he hasn't played a game yet for Boston College. He yeah, hasn't. So, no. So and no. and uh, wow. I spoke to Mac L, our boy Mac L, today, and um, his boy's the assistant coach. Uh, shout out to him right now, Hazy. Who's his Who's his boy there? Buck. Buck. Buckley. Buck Diddy. Oh yeah, uh, Brandon nice. Buckley. Yeah. So anyway, oh, yeah, yeah, he says sweet. he's a stud. Like you see, just the the kind of demeanor of him. They met him when he was young. Uh, I've listened to interviews with him. Actually, Obi, we talked about this. TSN, uh, shout out to TSN, but I've been watching their coverage down here in the U.S. on my laptop every every fucking game. And they did a Newfie segment, and it was unbelievable because him and another kid on their team, yeah. Mercer, are from just They're outside. Newfies, yeah. One's from St. John's, so they call him a, a townsman. Townie. A townie. And, the <laughs> and then the other one's a Bayman. Bayman. So yes, they, boy. Yeah, they did this thing. I thought about you right away because that's all I watched up there was TSN in Canada, obviously, in Sportsnet. They did this thing, and I'm like, Uppy, if I didn't know you I didn't know you had the feed down here, so I'm like, Uppy was going to fucking love this. And first thing I said to him, he's like, ah, I saw it, Obes. So they had all these little fucking sayings that were hilarious. <laughs> up top. I was like, Jesus Christ. It's nice to see a little respect out there for Newfoundlanders, but... Uh, but yeah, Team Canada, Team US, two of the best teams. I think uh, Hazy, you could agree. You know, they played well, haven't been touched really all series, and uh, you know, probably a battle of the goalies tonight. You'd hope it's going to be. I'd I like mean, to see like a high-paced, good yeah. goaltending fucking duo tonight. The Canadian goalie Levy or whatever, he hasn't been tested at all. So we'll see. I think obviously Americans are going to get some chances. The one kid on the states team I like too, and I got to meet him last year when I was covering the Kings and Ducks is Turcotte Hazy. I like sure. this kid's game. 
I, I got to do a little a little podcast with him. He came on. He, he seemed like a great kid. I, I kept my eye on this tournament, and as an American-born player, he, he's going to have a, a bright future, don't you think? Oh, you know, yeah. I think, like you said, L.A. and Anaheim got two unbelievable players. Like The one thing I've been so impressed with all these kids is their skill. Like You see it in the NHL, these young guys, their skill comes in, but these kids come – like they're bringing to a next level. Watching – the U.S.'s power play last night, I literally thought it was the Harlem Globetrotters at one point. They were moving pucks like I it was know. the Red Wings power play when they had Datsuk and those guys. Like, it was it was so impressive. They just, they know where each other are, and they're getting pucks right off the stick, right under the bar. These guys are, they're, it's been awesome. It's great hockey to watch. Up dog, we, we always rip Bob Murray, right? We fucking rip Bob. But they got six guys in the gold medal game or something, the Ducks don't. They're some fucking stupid like that, so maybe. Crazy. Yeah, maybe no, the old gonna, fucking old need doing Maybe they're gonna need it, but. I mean, if you put Getsy with this kid from America, I mean, that's that, I mean, Getsy's got life a whole lot easier, I would say. Are, are these kids just going to go play in the NHL right away? Some of these kids have been that impressive. Like, well, I, I, think, I, I actually uh, asked, I go back to school. Like, why would I go back? I don't know. I these actually asked Uppy this because Uppy played in this, and Uppy was a first-rounder. And, like, you know, you've seen guys play World Juniors that didn't even really pan out in the NHL. And I think that has to do with the way the game was back then. It's more physical, more veteran guys, more intimidated. Fuck, the NHL game, obviously it's harder than World Juniors, but I think these kids up dog. They can do this stuff in the NHL. The game isn't that much different, no. Yeah. And coming off a tournament like this uh, during a you know a COVID time where uh, the season's starting in January, these NHL GMs and coaches they'd be crazy not to give these guys their nine-game look, right? Yeah. At least. Oh, for sure. um, now I don't know. Depending on kind of you know the situation with the quarantine and these kids have been quarantining, so why not keep them in quarantine and let them come to your camp and let them. Let them just buzz. Let them like just these, go fucking these back kids are buzzing, everywhere. and we and we've talked about it, the U.S. And the, and the Canadian team, but you know, Team Finland, Team Sweden. Like there was a kid in Sweden, six six, that moves looks, like yeah. he was fucking six seven or something. Yeah, six, yeah, big twenty five. Yeah, he's drafted by the of shocker Detroit, Detroit shocker. <laughs> Shout out to my boy Steve Cramp. Cramper's a huge Red Wings fan. And he came to the cottage the last night to have a couple cold ones with me, with me. And he's like, I don't care about World Juniors. I'm like, buddy, it's Finland, Sweden. Sweden's got to have yeah. at least six draft picks to the Red Wings guaranteed. And <laughs> oh, he's yeah. like, yeah, that guy and that Raymond guy. I'm like, exactly. So these, I mean, so look, there's going to be a handful of guys, like you said, Obi, before uh, this, was a, this was a kid's tournament, right? It was under 18, under 20. Kids were a little bit bigger. You had Jordan Tutu in my year running around, absolutely smashing Never guys. Um, but it was a bigger game. Now in the NHL, it's the transition is is that much easier for these guys. Uh, they're all top picks, so they're all going to get a chance to play in the top six lines. You know, and no kid gets drafted now in the top ten, top twenty, and doesn't be given a chance to play on the top line. That 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 is a difference than than when we grew up. We had to earn the right to even be in the lineup in the dressing room. Uh, you know, a, a certain few guys would. No, for sure. But, I mean, like you, they, you were first. You were what six overall. They sent you down to the fucking jungle. Yeah, like well, if that I mean, happened to, I mean, it totally. doesn't happen very much anymore. Like if you, we all played pick. games. The Getzloffs, the Perrys, fucking the Loops played some games down in the minors. It's it's it was a different world, and uh, the game is fast. The game's exciting now. These kids do so so many amazing things with the puck. Um, you know, it's it's fun hockey to watch. The last kid I'm going to give some love to the third overall pick. The German kid Stutzel, is that how I say it, Broadway? You're our, you're our, yeah, you're our college yeah, guy. How do we say it? Stutzel or Stutzel? I, I always screw up the European Stutzel, names, I think, is what it is. But Stutzel, Stutzel, yeah. This he kid. Is. He could be Ottawa's best man, fucking player. Man, I'm telling this year. you what. I I talked to Steve Coolis on, on NHL Power Play before the tournament started, and I was curious to watch this kid play because he played in the DL, the German league over there. And 
it's a good league. These these German they're boys men. are big. They're men. They fucking it's it's a good league over there. And um, the thing for me that I love the most about this kid's game, obviously, his skills through the roof like everyone else's. But he played with a little sandpaper, and he got like he yep. was physical. He got in there. He he played pissed off. So um, I thought he had a great tournament. I think Ottawa's got a great one with him, and uh, I think he'll jump right in. Yeah, my buddy Ben Smith uh, played on his team. I think it's like Mannheim in yeah. Germany. Yeah, yeah. And he he said this kid is the real deal. And like you said, like his skill speaks for itself. But he said the way the kid works and the way he loves the game, he could tell he's going to be an NHLer right away and he like he's a guy he's got to be going he's probably already in ottawa yeah probably doesn't mind his beers either those germans don't mind crushing cold oh they love them Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest. i never got to that over there i, I got to no, austria in like november i'm like fuck i missed your way <laughs> up dog set the tone for us canada u.s gold medal game you played in a gold medal match broadway i'll get your your thoughts on the u.s side if you're a canadian kid up you talk talk to him about what they're thinking bring us back to your gold medal game against russia what are these kids going through? Yeah, Obi, uh, I had two. Uh, I think back in one being in Czech Republic and a younger player with, with limited kind of leadership uh, responsibility on the team, it, you just got to take it all in, right? Like you have to literally accept that this challenge is a 60-minute game. It's, it's going to happen fast. And you got to just fucking be, you know, limit mistakes, uh, go out and fucking just like do it for each other because this is the only time these kids will ever play together right you know you look around the room sometimes and you go guys this might be the last time we ever fucking play together but we will remember this for the rest of our fucking lives and so will everyone our parents our fucking friends all of canada us here sitting in this studio with fucking a bottle of camus and some johnny blue on the line oh yeah so so i yeah, remember I my, my, my boys my second year in halifax which um yeah, I heard Gord Miller talking, the play-by-play guy for, for TSN. I heard him talking to Ray Ferraro during one of the games, and he described, uh, like, sitting in his booth in Halifax for our final game, and his coffee was fucking shaking oh, yeah. to the point where it was almost spilling. The fucking crowd was so loud. Now, that experience alone was something that I'll always remember, and so will Loops and Toots and fucking all the, our whole squad. Uh, but every year, our boy Cody sends around a little video of a five-minute highlight video of the game itself, right? We get up one nothing on a goal from Ian White, who was almost late for the game because he loved to sleep right? so much. I don't know if he was <laughs> fucking hung titty. He's a beauty. I don't know if he was hung titty or if he was fucking stoned. I'm He's not sure. But, <laughs> but he was almost late for the game, and I, I had to like, fucking Whitey, we need Come you on, here. Well, he metal, scores bud. a fucking, he goes bar down, bar titty fucking first period. We're up one nothing. Anyway, then the Russian storm comes, and it's a storm that you cannot stop, it's right? It's a greasy storm. It's greasy, it? and it's, a greasy, stinky. it's a stinky. It's storm. a stinky, it's stinky, a stinky storm. storm. <laughs> and fuck, they pour it on, boys, and we get to the second. I, I score a, a power play goal to go up 2-1. And then fucking into the third, I remember just like I give like this speech in in between the second and third period to the guys. And I I didn't fucking get up and say much the whole time other than like, let's fucking go, you know, my my usual. And I just said, guys, like I was here last year and some of us were Eminger, um, a few of the guys. And I'm like, fuck, look at this opportunity. Right. Like, this is crazy. We we could be a chance to be in the record books as Team Canada winning a gold medal. And that is something that no one can ever fucking take away from you. And we went out in the third, and that fucking stinky storm came back. And they just <laughs> like, kept... Fuck, they come again, boys. boys. I can smell them coming. Boys, they poured it on. 
And it, it was just, it happens so fast. Uh, the hockey game, when it's a one, it's not a seven-game series. It's a tournament final game. It's like the Olympics, and it's like world championships. These one-game fucking Super Bowl atmosphere, you know, NCAA moments. Style. It's moments, right? Big moments where big players have a chance to step up. And I think fucking this year's Team Canada team has been the best there. Uh, you know, it's it'll be a memorable year for a bubble and all this fucking craziness, but... Uh, hazy, I expect uh, our boys to to bring it tonight and kick the shit out of you guys. Yeah, I'll be right before we turn over to Hazy to Broadway on the American side. And this is just a question I or what I always thought if I played in this game. And you were an emotional guy that played hard. Now going into that gold medal game, are you sitting there being like, okay, I want to give everything I fucking got, but at the same time, I can't go out there and take two minors right away. Like it must have been hard to to play with that emotion, but at the same time, you know, don't don't put your team shorthanded and don't be the reason why fuck they scored two power play goals when you're sitting in the box that's one thing I always thought about 100% it's fuck getting fired up is part of the game right going over your edge which I speak personally but (laughs) that was fucking easy to do I would be so fired up wanting to do just too much and that would be the one thing, I guess, if you were to talk to some of my coaches and some of my teammates, like, fuck, Uppy would do anything for his team, but sometimes he'd go over the edge and, and you know, put it... Same as at the nightclub, too, right? <laughs> putting your... <laughs> fuck, getting too full up, dog. But anyway, um, you, you want to fucking be at that edge the whole night yeah. and just not go over it because... Team Canada plays on edge. That's when they're their best. They play confident. They have great goaltending. And fucking, you know, odds are there's there's more sticks in their fucking, on their zone uh, at the end of the night. Yeah. And they win the fucking game. Um, but let's let's just be honest, man. 60-minute hockey games, fuck, anything can happen. If anything can happen. And I know the line on this game is fucking, it leans towards favoring fucking Canada. Minus 250 is what so, I got it you know, yeah. your Minus odds, 363 right I mean, now. You're, you're, Canada, heavy your fucking favorite. odds as a, as a betting American. You better be betting that hard, Hazy. Is, oh, is yeah, great value. You're fucking four to one almost to bet the Americans tonight. So, uh, so Hazy, that's the Canadian. Give us, give us the American side. If, if you know, bring us back to. I know you played, or if you're an American that dressing room tonight playing Canada. Granted, there's no fans, which I think yeah, could, no, could help yeah. both teams. But what are you thinking for the American? I think, part? like you said, I think that nervous energy for both teams is going to be what's going to get these guys through this game. They're going to find their own momentum swings. But the big thing for the U.S. is going to be the goaltender Spencer Knight, another Boston College kid. With Boston College is filing studs out in this game, but he needs to be on his game tonight. He can't let in any softies, and the U.S. is gonna have to take advantage of every opportunity they get. They're they're, they're playing against a powerhouse tonight, and they can't be taking those delay of game penalties over the glass like they Ooh. did last night. Let Finland back in the game, and they need that power play to keep buzzing. I think it's buzzing at like forty percent, which is insane. But I think the U.S. is going to have to come out ready to go right from the start and take advantage of every opportunity against Team Canada. Now, without fans, I touched on it just a second ago, but does it favor America? Does it favor Canada? There's not the, not the pressure on Canada, or does it favor America that they don't have to take the crowd out of it? Broadway, or does it just even play and field? doesn't matter. Both sides throw it well, out the window. Especially the game being in Canada, I think the, like, having the no fans, is it's, it's going to help the, the Americans. I mean, they're playing in front of millions of people on TV. I think they all know that, but... No fans, not having to deal with, like you said, Uppy, that, that atmosphere they had in Halifax. The drunken Alberta the guys in there. Right? The drunken Alberta imagine fans. Imagine that atmosphere oh, in Edmonton. No, our, buddy, our buddy Blaine Stewart would be there tonight for sure if there's a lot of fans. Oh, yeah. Blaine would be getting pinned for sure. Oh, Edmonton, it'd be those. that would be a crazy environment for the Americans to try to go in and win that game. But I think, they get, like you said, they're going to have to take advantage of everything they got. They can't. It's going to have to limit their mistakes big time. 
But I mean, I, I like the U.S. They got some high-end guys, high-end draft picks, and they got the big-time goalie. Yeah, it's going to be a great game, and obviously we're recording this on the Tuesday night, so by the time this comes out on Thursday, we'll know the the outcome, and I'm pretty sure me, one... me, me and Updog will have a nice bottle of Blue Label and a bottle of Camus to, to enjoy this weekend, although I'm on a cleanse, so I'll have to wait till next weekend. The one piece of advice I will give the U.S. Okay. is to make sure that these guys, when they score a big goal, to not go by Team Canada's bench like I did and give them the old... Hand at the air, trying to think. Hey, <laughs> Hulk, Hulk, eh? Hulk Hogan, they know Hulk Hogan. Give him a Hulk Hogan by the bench, and then Fuck, John Tavares goes you? off for a hat trick, and we lose six three. So, do yeah. not do anything stupid like that, U.S. <laughs> that's Let that's UC haunting, as isn't example, it, Jimmy? And then you're gonna get roasted by well, not Don Cherry anymore, but the next day I got roasted by Don Cherry. Do not do any of that bullshit. Oh, great! No one loved the World Juniors more than Graves. I just remember every year they would win gold. That first hockey night in Canada, at the end of Coach's Corner, like, all right, folks. What can I say? We are the best. And then he would just roll like a minute <laughs> clip of the boys or whatever, you know, I'll be singing the oh, national yeah. anthem. So, Jimmy, I actually got a funny story now that you mentioned that. My, my first year in, in Czech uh, in the final game, uh, I end up scoring a goal and I do the fucking funky chicken over into the corner. <laughs> and, and, and in Europe, the glass is super fucking low, right? Yeah. So hard. I go in to fucking jump into the glass and my stick hits the top and it flies like 10 rows up into the into the bench or into the fucking stands <laughs> and I uh, the huddle comes around I think it was like Spezza Weiss fucking <laughs> couple beauties I'm looking around I'm like fuck's my stick and then I see like some fucking Checo in the crowd he's like looking at me with it I'm like give me that fucking yeah, thing yeah. back I'm not quite done with that fucking so thing. it's hilarious though because you could see the thing tomahawk on the replay if anyone can ever find the replay it's hilarious maybe our, our boy, boy missing curfew clips Mark will for sure Mark might. but it, fuck it just started tomahawking over it was hilarious that so. does not surprise me so show me another guy that's anyways couldn't work over. out better for missing curfew Canada US gold medal blue label Camus National League move. I can't wait for that tonight. So, obviously, boys, we didn't get a Winter Classic this year with, with the COVID. And, you know, we had Carbomb up dog. And I had thought that Carbomb was the only one that got in the fight in the Winter Classic, which isn't true. There's been a couple fights. And our boy at Missing Curfew Mark comes through again. Mercer Curfew Clips. And Broadway, Jimmy Hayes has a tilt at Scoopsie. the fucking Winter Classic. Broadway. Oh. First of all, talk us through it. How did it start? It's fucking great. I never knew that. I was fired up when I saw it. Well, first off, it was more of a fucking pillow fight than anything else. <laughs> but it all started because of this fucking Lars Eller. This guy, he was one of those guys, him and Vernon Fiddler were the only two guys like in the NHL that could fucking get under my skin and bother me so much. And I remember, I think he did something to my boy, Matty Bolesky. And I was like, Love we're ski. down four to one. There's, there's three minutes left in this game. I'm just going to try to jump this guy like I did every fight. And just try to throw my bombs. Yeah, yeah. get the start. Get the early start just on try to, Just try to throw some bombs, but I never really threw any bombs. But this kid wanted nothing to do with this fight. And it was actually one of those, like, fights when you get, like, you're walking, like, that long walk from the rink back to the dressing room at Gillette Stadium. You're just praying the ref gave you the five-minute major and not the double minor for roughing and, like, delay of the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, fuck me, man. Like, just please give me five minutes. Like, gave me the five minutes to get the odd pims and look cool. Had an assist in the game, too, so... I always thought, especially in a winter class, you got to give the guy five minutes. But throughout my career, it didn't happen a whole lot. But there were certain times where a fight was short or whatever, and the, the ref gives you two double minor for rough, and I'd be like, fuck off. Like, we dropped the gloves. Just give us the five. Yeah, it's, it's not going to make the all-time list of best hockey fights, you prick. But just give me the yeah, five yeah. minute major. Like, we dropped totally. our gloves. Like, it maybe wasn't the fucking had, Bob Cobra fight. I had that fight, double but... minor penalty with Fiddler up. That, I think it was the one time in Dallas. 
and then I, I wanted to fight him out of the box, but it never happened. Fids, that guy could get on anyone's skin. Yeah, he was and he fought a lot out too. Man. Like he, he, and it bothered well me that he was boys with our boy Fids. Fuck. And it he was bo- boys with you, Uppy. Like it drove me up the wall. I remember I tried <laughs> to run him through the glass the next game. I missed them, broke my nose, blood all over my visor. I was just like, hey, fuck me. So, so kidding. Jimmy, like with Fids, he would fucking do the same thing to me. Like I would be, I'd look at him and want to kill him during games and vice versa. I remember like looking at me, he'd look at me during fucking face-offs. Fuck you, Uppy, we're going. And I'd be like, fuck you, you were just in my house for dinner, you prick. Fuck, you drink all my come red, at me, I'll spear you right you in the teeth. all my red wine, Fids, for fuck's sakes. So, yeah, no, he's he, a great uh, guy, but he, he always fucking aggravated me. Totally. First time uh, I met Fids, we might have told this story, but it was when we went out in Cincinnati, me and Loops on, on the dock side and... Vern Fiddler and, and Updog on the Milwaukee Admiral side. And that was the first time I met Fitz because I used to fucking hate playing against him too. He was he was good at what he did. Yeah. I mean, he came from the fucking bottom of the fucking swamp right to the NHL. Yeah. I mean, he, he went through the coast. He went fucking through the, you did know, AHL. The yeah, yeah. All-star easy, in the easy coast. Easy come, hard to leave league there, eh? He there. <laughs> <laughs> easy come, hard to leave. Thank fuck I never played there, boys. That was, uh, I got out of there that not That sounds like a, a, like, like a story with a hot chick that you fucking <laughs> bang. Trevor, Trevor Gillies. He, she makes you easy to come. Yeah, yeah. She's hard to leave. But. <laughs> Trevor Gillies, the Gills trade used to always say that about the coast. Easy come, hard to leave league, Wolves. But yeah, Fids was, Fids was unbelievable at his job, but. Um, Hazy's that uh, that Winter Classic. I mean, shit. But that th- there's so much hype leading into that for you with the HBO, the cameras just following you around Boston the whole time. Remember when yeah. we left the rink that one day before Christmas? We had the cameras following me. I'm like, oh yeah, Updog. That's when you had that unbelievable. You're the first guy I've ever seen wear dark jeans with a suit jacket and Jordans to a game and act like it was a suit and tie. <laughs> you're damn right. trying to drink Bud Lights on the walkout. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that was because I got to stay and fly back to California the next day to meet O'Brien and oh, Lupo for Christmas absolute, dinner. Remember that, remember that fucking aftershaker we had in my house? I had like a thousand square foot par- apartment in downtown. I think we had like 40 people in it. <laughs> That's perfect, hey? Had a nice little terrace. (laughs) Nobody can get away from you in there, girls, whatever. Nowhere to go, baby. You're stuck in here tonight. You ain't leaving. You ain't leaving. Um, Speaking of the the Winter Classic, there's been a lot on missing curfew clips, and I said I never want to play, and so seeing these clips, I'm a little bit jealous, but Updog, with you out there in warm-up with your scarf around your fucking neck, is fucking legendary. <laughs> I'm like, look at this guy. scarf. He's got the scarf the on perfect toque. I'm like, I even had the little fucking... Shoot. So, so I never knew this, but you know the baseball players, obviously, they yeah. you, you know, they put the stuff under their eyes in the sunny days. Mm-hmm. Well, it was fucking bright out there for us. Like, the white with the sun glaring on the, on the thing. So everyone would either... You know, I always thought it was... You know, you light a cork... Uh, the cork fucking screw right you you would heat up a cork and it would chalk off like black and you could put that under your eyes mm-hmm. and sure enough these baseball guys got like different fucking stickers to put on different shapes different sizes they have a full marker so i was like hey where are the wine corks for this fucking thing and then they're like what I'm like i'd put on your eyes and they're like no look at and then they had a full catalog of like stickers different sizes you could put on i'm like oh, you could write on them and everything. does it help yeah. though up it helps right does it help it's yeah good. it just looks good it looks good yeah, 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 yeah. It's, okay. just, it's all about the look i'm all i'm all for that but um yeah, so you boys both look good in the winter. Did classic, you happen to so. see me cracking a couple of baseballs on that? I did, I yeah. did. And our yeah. buddy our buddy Joe DeMarco, who listens to the pod, what a who's swing. a baseball instructor, he he was kind of chirping your swing a bit. But I thought it was a, I thought it was a good no, swing. Was, I thought you had a great he was swing. chirping right back, right a few guys on our team. Oh, he was, okay, okay. Like we had Berglund. Pat, Patty Berglund, you know, he had the, the bat in his hand for, for fucking oh. twenty five minutes. So so it was a it was a delay for us. And uh, it was raining all morning. They kept pushing it back an hour. Whole Doc Emmerich's up in the up in the stands, wondering when we're going to get things going. And 
and then basically, you know, they announced the time. It was like probably four hours later. We're like, fuck, we're just staying here. So we all jumped in the batting cages, which were underneath yeah. Bush Stadium. And we just started taking some hacks. It yeah, was great. It was awesome. All the boys were in there. I remember Shaddy. Shaddy actually fucking split like his pinky, like right down the pipe from a, from a broken bat. And, wow. and I ended up still playing because Shaddy's a fucking warrior. But, um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that would have been a great story. I'm glad Shaddy injury. played, but that would have been a great story. You played a Winter Classic? No, I missed her. I was thinking BP down below. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got a fucking sliver in there from a Louisville slugger. Couldn't fucking couldn't play. But, um, boys, we're sitting in this nice little studio here. We've all had great careers, but now we're, we're sitting in here doing a podcast. Training camp as, uh, is underway. And I'm just thinking, I actually was, I was texting with Richardson the other day. Because one of our buddies, Jason Saprique, was back in the cottage. So I FaceTime him, missed him. Richie FaceTimed me back. He had just got off the massage table, getting the old groins. I'm like, how are the groins feeling? So easy to say we're, we're not doing it. What was your hardest training camp up, dog? Is there one that jumps out that you're so happy you're sitting here and not having to put up with the horse shit these boys are going through right now? Completely, Obi. I, I dreaded training camps. I was always in uh, great me shape. Me but too. fuck, it was just like the, the, the pressure of the first day and the bullshit of like the... The bike tests, I, I hated the oh. bike tests. And, and but you know what? If they're making a guy do a bike test this year, fuck you. Yeah, beat it. Like, there's no no need fucking at all, right? Like, these guys, give them a break. Been through hell and back right now. Fuck, they give them their hauler money back, too. Like, <laughs> cut them a break for training camp. Anyway, <laughs> so I was in Philly. Oh, no testing, fuck that. I was in Philly after uh, a huge kind of turnaround season where – um, we made some trades. We brought in like Lupel, Hartnell, Chemo that year, Briere, and Johnny Stevens was like unbelievable coach, mind you. But he he was like, be ready to fucking work at camp. And when I went there early, moved into my condo downtown, fucking set it all up, and uh, we start doing these runs. And I'm like, fuck, I hate running. I didn't run. I, I do sprints, right, for training, yeah. but I didn't fucking run. Yeah. I run up a hill, maybe. Anyway, we do these three mile fucking these things and we're told at camp we got to run around a track fucking 12 times which is three miles yeah and uh so i remember that day we get out there in one or two groups and it's fucking boom the gun goes off and people start running right <laughs> and Braden oh. coburn fucking did four or five laps around around half of our team swear to god he lapped fucking five or six guys on our team poor aaron asham <laughs> He, he fucking, he, run, no, we signed him and it'd been a long summer for him, I think, uh, due to some personal stuff he had yeah. going on and he, he just wasn't in shape and he had, he carried a little fucking weight like a you. Corner weight, yeah, a corner weight. Corner weight. Fuck, that's that's why he would kick the shit out of everyone. Exactly. And, uh, he barely, I don't even think he could make it around the track. <laughs> that's <laughs> what the boys got to go grab. Come on, Ash. We'll get you. No, I, I mean like make it around the track one time. Oh, one time. It was like, he, he was like, guys, like, I'm, I can't run. I'm not running. And then, <laughs> so they're like, fuck. Johnny was like, "Well, you're you're in fucking you're in fat camp until you you can fucking do this." Oh, and yeah. so I don't think he practiced for about a week. But I just remember that training camp alone being, yeah, from the run at the track to on the ice with uh, doing all the blood tests to see your fucking Buddy, acidic levels I was and stuff, just say. lactic acid levels. I mean, holy shit, dumbest shit in the how world. How hazy before we get into your camp? How bad is that fucking first day? When you got to wake up early, you can't eat breakfast because they're giving you your blood test. You got to go in and get all your fucking physical done, yeah, and then, all that shit. Then you got to wait around to do the fucking testing. And it takes like, forever. Forever. Finally, halfway through our career, three yeah. quarters, the veterans could do it the day before. Remember? Or the week before. Totally. Thank God. But that was the worst day. I'm like, there's got to be a better solution than this. But 
Hazy, what's the one camp that when you look at these poor pricks now, we got we got your brother coming on as our guest, which is a great poll by you, but he's going through right now. What was the camp that you were just like, you look back like, fuck me. I think the the toughest camp for me, and it might have been because I was on a PTO and like having all that nervous energy, was New Jersey. Yeah, they had they, they didn't have like it was later in my career, so like the testing, like the weight testing kind of stuff, was kind of like getting out of camps. But they did that on ice beat test. Oh the yeah, the thing took like twelve minutes, and I'm on a PTO, so I have to go out there and like prove a point. Like I'm in tip top shape. I was in great shape that year, but I just remember that that test, and then having John Hines. As a head coach, who's a guy who just loves loves battle drills, like that camp was a tough camp. We were doing like one on one picket fence, those two on two in the corners, like the one with the net facing the glass, all that type of shit. I just remember those types of drills in training camp, and I just fucking hated that shit. <laughs> I agree. I remember for me my first my first training camp with Randy Carlo in Anaheim. He had us pushing nets down the ice. I was like, is this the fucking oh. NHL? John Tortorella, Torch's camp was hard up. We had to do the three mile run as well. Um, but we, then after four days, Obi, of, uh, after we got to talk about, we got to talk about Tortorella when you got that fucking, um, when you got the invite to camp and I'm like, Columbus oh, hit you yeah, up yeah, and, yeah. and you were like, you're waiting around and oh, you yeah. know, you're fucking, we've been skating and stuff, you, right? You know I'm like, you know I'm guy. like, Obi's like, fuck, you know, caught, caught, got a call from fucking Columbus. No, so you know, this guy's name. Do you remember Blake Jeffrey on that name? Yeah. The guy that got hurt in Montreal. Yeah, like, remember he got like a concussion right. in his career. So I played with this guy in fucking Nashville. He was an up and down guy, or maybe that was his first year. So this is like, guys are already reporting to camp. Up, he's been in St. Louis for fucking ten days. The camp's in two days, and my agent calls me. He's like, or Blake Jeffrey on text me. He's like, hey, I might be able to get you to come to Columbus on a fucking PTO. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, I mean, you can take it so, I'm like, fuck so that. I'm not Obi sends me this because I kept I, – I was – me and Obi were, were talking, and I and I knew he'd been skating. Like, it's not like you hadn't been. It's not like this I was have, January. Ready, it's not yeah. like this was January after New Year's Eve in Aspen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> he's like, fuck, I got this call. And, and, you know, Columbus offered me – and then I'm on my first fucking PTO too, right? And this is a little bit of a shock to the system for us. We're yeah. fucking not used to this shit. And uh, – you know, waiting around all summer, not knowing, but like still wanting to fucking have the urge to go play and compete. And I'm like, Obi, you fucking grab your fuck, grab two suits. You put a fucking tie in that bag. Grab your sticks. Throw whatever fucking gear you can in your in your car. And you and fucking, you fucking go. go to Columbus and you make that fucking squad. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I was Are dying. You He's fucking like, nuts you put in two shot. suits, pack your gear, jump on that bird, and go make that fucking team. And I'm like. Up here, are you crazy? I'm like, I went to Florida last year in the best physical shape of my life and still didn't make the fucking team. You made that team. I know, but I was like, so anyways, long story short, it was Jeffrey like, on, who's a good kid, he was a little over skis, and caught calls me the next day and was like, yo, I talked to GM, the GM there, there's no fucking pizza. And I was like, thank oh, God. fuckers. God. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> it was just so funny. Dodge You're like, bullet. funny. <laughs> and then, not to mention, this is Tortorella. Like, I've been to his fucking camps His camps are so hard. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, Uppy, I could go there and die. Like, I could have a fucking jammer in the they fucking... Do, they do two-mile runs, and then Three they go miles. on ice and do... Yeah, and then they do their on-ice testing fucking an hour later. Like, the guys yeah, probably get hurt every year in that camp. Like so, sports. speaking about getting hurt, yeah. Torch's camp, the first four days are ridiculous. And then, boys, he gives you days off like it's going out of style. Even if you're not winning or losing, Torch That's is fair. Great. It's fair. That's fair. I can't go without ripping my fuck, without ripping Bob Hartley. This guy's training camp was the most ridiculous fucking thing you've ever seen. He split the team into, like, one extra group. So my one skate, we had four defensemen for a fucking, like, 
for a um, for, oh, buddy. Tell me that wasn't on Can't do anything. Oh, <laughs> tell me that wasn't on purpose. So anyways, we got guys. Hoodler pulls his groin. Stage is hurt. Like, Cammy's. I'm like, I'm, oh, looking, yeah. I'm like, boys, somebody fucking say something to this dumb fucker. And they're like, no, this is how it works around here. I'm like, well, this isn't how it works around the rest of the league. We got veteran guys. And by the way. Our team's not very deep to begin with here, so if we lose fucking Cammy and Stage and Hudler, we're really going to get our ass kicked. So that was the dumbest fucking training camp ever. Like, it was, guys were going down every day. And then, if you hurt your groin, you made you do this thing up. What's it called? The arm cycle. Oh, the arm fucking... cycle. Or whatever, the, it, whatever it was called. I fucking hated that thing, too. It was a joke. Was, it was the biggest joke. So I had a good chuckle, like I said, with Richardson just getting off the table at home. His, his girl Jess was pregnant. And he had the FaceTime. He's like, ah, I just got off from a nice rub obes. I'm like, camp hadn't even started yet. <laughs> I'm like, good luck out there, fella. So. I hope there's a... I hope there's a pool full of good veteran guys this year that fucking play awesome. Because you know what? It's been a lot on everyone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the young kids, they can... Dude, they'll handle things, right? Pretty things bounce off them. They're yeah. they're good. Um, but then there's some older guys who, you know, if things were back to a schedule, they would be there'd be no issues. And now that you know, dealing with families and as a family dad, Hazy, we can talk. A couple but family now that guys you have here kids now. and stuff. Oh, like yeah. without that schedule, boys coming out like you know the June before your fucking season starts. For sure. And you get three months to kind of prepare. With the family, I just I, I'm pulling for my veteran boys this year. I, Always, I, I got lots of heart for those guys, and I hope they all fucking do great. I agree, and like you said, I, I couldn't agree more with that. When you don't know what's going on, now they got a 56 game schedule, and to those young fuckers out there, like Chase DeLeo, if you're listening, this is your chance where you might get an opportunity. Like you just saw, Kevin Durant's going to miss the next four games in the NBA because of COVID. These guys in the NHL, because he was chasing, he was he was chasing, chasing yep. some these, these guys that are on the taxi squad, as my boy Steve Coolis would say. You're going to get a chance, Broadway, to get in there and maybe an opportunity that you may not get other years. Yeah, it's a great year to be a young guy coming into the league because you you got extended roster. You're going to get to be around all these NHL guys, see how they work, see how to become a pro, not have to deal with the minor leagues. And you, there's, there's going to be opportunities on every single team. This COVID just been hitting everybody. A little tricky to get laid, though. Fuck, even up dog. Very tricky. Even up dog would be in one of you to find a way. There's always a way, boys. <laughs> there was a JW in Edmonton. There's always a way. So, hmm. um, as we said, we got Kevin Hayes coming on. Broadway, your brother. Great pull. Um, boys, I love the round table. I'm excited for the World Junior Gold Medal, and I'm more excited for hockey to start to start snapping around with you boys in here. So, um, coming up next, Kevin Hayes. Welcome back to Mission Curfew Podcast. I couldn't be happier to introduce this guest we got on. We got my younger, sweet-ass, richer, uglier brother, Kevin Hollywood Hayes. What's up, fellas? What's up, Kevin? Welcome, yeah, welcome Mr. Kev, to, uh, to our podcast. I know this is a long time coming for you, but we're happy you're on. And uh, what better time to, to bring you in than fucking the night before a big match between our boys, Team Canada, and the U.S. of A.? Kev, what type of uh, action you guys got going on in the locker room with the U.S. and Canadian kids? Um, oh, I have some some money on the line with uh, Couturier, Carter Hart. Giroux. And I'm – no, Giroux's probably saving his money. Uh, <laughs> uh, Where do you put all that money? Yeah, fuck, he's Giroux. made a boatload. Jesus. Um, so I need U.S. big time. Hey, speaking yeah, of that, a lot of guys. Speaking of that Carter Hart thing, Kev, I got to ask you when uh, that was the thing that kind of happened last year through the season with the starting lineup, and I thought it was fucking hilarious, and even AV loved it too. So how did that that just start one day where you just kind of came out and said kind of hot, and it just went with it, or, or how did you come up with that? It was like you know how it is, like when you were going down like the uh, the tunnel out to the game, and I'm like one of the first guys that gets stressed and goes down to the end of the tunnel, and 
just every guy that walks out, I try to come up with a nickname. And Holmes, did you play with? Did, was AV your coach? AV was my coach in Vancouver. Yeah. Okay, so he he has a funny side to him. Yeah, he does. He does. He just. I, I actually wanted to talk to you about it because he, he, he's pretty even kill guy, right? Like, I mean, you guys had a successful year last year, but the one thing that I loved about him as a coach, Kev, was that I remember one time in, in Vancouver, we had lost eight straight at home and, you know, they're, they're calling for him to get fired and he was still just chill and calm. And I'm, I'm sure he's the same now with you boys, right? Yeah, he's, he's awesome. I mean, I've been with him. Uh, I've been in the league seven years. This will be year uh, six with him. Um, and so, yeah, he, he's awesome. Like, I actually have a similar story with that. I'll get back to Conahot. But, but uh, when we were in New York, the year we traded everyone, uh, we lost, I think, nine straight. And we were in Winnipeg uh, on our final. <laughs> so we were in Winnipeg. We lost nine straight. And, um, and we're going to the Christmas break. And AB's like, all right, fellas, just get the fuck home. Get out of here. Come back. Just refresh. And then we'll, we'll give it our best right after. So, like, he's the type of coach that, like, he knows how to get the best out of his players, and he really knows when to when to kind of joke around and be serious and who to call out and stuff. Um, but yeah, so I started saying kind of hot when he started walking down. And Hartsy, uh t-shirts were made about it. The Philly fans thought it was hilarious. Like when I was mic'd up and said it, and then AB must have seen it or something. AB probably said it every single game the rest of the year. Yeah, that's so, what I saw. He when he when he started saying it, I was like, fuck. You got the yeah, head coach saying it's pretty sick. It's nice if you can have a coach too that like has confidence, but then also has like a you know a sense of what do you call it when when you can Calmness? be funny? No, when you're funny, but like it comes doesn't come across funny. <laughs> but like yeah, yeah, swagger. Yeah, He's yeah got, like yeah. but some coaches try to be funny, and you're like fuck, you're not you're not funny, and it's the wrong <laughs> yeah, time to like fucking hardly, make, hardly make some funny, jokes. But yeah. But uh, yeah, I've heard good things about him, and then and then Mike Yo, I I like Yozi too, and you guys got him as a forward coach, right? Yeah, so it's like it was weird. Like we we kind of had like a shift of the organization. Like we got uh, some older new guys, and then we hired three previous head coaches. So like I don't know I was pretty interested to see how it was going to work out. Like when I mean, you guys have played for a lot of coaches, probably you know head coaches like to do it their way usually for sure. Yeah, and these three guys completely gelled, and it's an absolute blast. We have French Mike and Mike. Like, yo, like, <laughs> <laughs> is that Terrence still hack darts uh, oh, after the game and stuff like that? I hear you in Montreal used to, or Pitt used to smoke between periods. Is he still hacking darts or not really? I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not uh, sure. You're not yeah. in the coach's office, Kev? I oh. thought maybe waiting for the bus or something or coming off the bird, he might have smoked. The <laughs> one, I, uh, I got a quick story about yeah. Terrian because I played my first year in the minors. We, um, uh, it was actually my second year during the, uh, the year before the lockout. We ended up playing um, the well, what's Pittsburgh's farm team? Wilkes-Barre in the final. And we beat them five and five or four straight, like kind of kicked their ass. And anyway, I was hurt at the time, but this guy was going, like he was going off, like fucking chirping everyone. Like, and he was trying to get his team riled up. Anyway, fast forward two, three years, I get traded to Philly. And in the old Pittsburgh, he was head coach of Pittsburgh at the time, Hazy. And used to like at the pond, used to have to, or at the igloo, used to have to cross the Great ice bar. into like, their team would have to cross through our warm-ups to get off. And at the end of this game, yeah. we, we beat them. And Paul Holmgren was sitting on the front of the, belt, on the, front of the bus. And uh, he was a beauty, yeah. I loved him. And as we were skating off, I just start looking at him and smiling. And I go, fuck you. I, you know, I chirp him a bit. And he loses it. 
M- Michelle <laughs> lost it and like literally was trying to run on the ice and like grab me. And I was laughing. <laughs> and the fucking ref came over, right? And he's like, you can't fucking chirp the coach, right? And so he's saying this to me. I'm like, come on. I'm f- fuck, yeah. whatever. I just chirp him. So uh, after the game, Homer grabs me. He's like, what'd you say to the, what'd you say to the coach? I'm like, I don't know. I called him a fuck. I, just whatever. And he's like, I fucking Reg, love it. He's like, I love it. I love it. Like, so anyway, it just caused this huge thing and it was fucking funny. But um, yeah. Yosey yeah. was their assistant coach at the time in Pittsburgh. And he's like, he's like, I don't know what you did, but I think Terry had something against you like this whole, like the whole time. But anyway. I yeah. Like but like, we have like a, an unreal coach and staff and like, they're all pretty, pretty fun to be around. I mean, we, they were all first year last year and we had a great year. So it's, it's pretty easy. Everyone knows if you're winning, everyone's happy. Like, so there's no better feeling than going to the rink when you've won 10 straight and your team's first in the division. And so we didn't really have too many challenges last year until playoffs. Um, so we got the best out of all three of our coaches and, and they're like, our practices are super fun. They're joking around all the time and uh, they know when to be serious and stuff. So, so far, so good uh, year one in Philly. Um, and they're bringing the same energy. Like our camp, we've only two days into camp, but it's like all high-paced, fun games. Like French Mike's always our coach, Team Orange for the scrimmage, and Yosey's the coach, and they always bet a hundred bucks on the game. And nice, I like that. Yeah, uh, is there any testing so far in the camp? Uh, we had like limited te- uh, testing. I think the NHLPA kind of enforced um, because of we didn't know when we were going back and COVID, and some guys couldn't get into the gym, some guys could. Uh, so all we had was, was body fat and a couple jumps uh, and grip strength. So oh, you couldn't get, couldn't get body fat out of there who for the had boys? The high, who had the highest body fat? I was going to say, guys in shape or what? Yeah, who, who had the highest body, body fat? Let's hear that. Who has the highest body fat? Oh, yeah. You know it was a competition for sure, especially this year <laughs> coming in after, like, the holiday. And... I would have been in trouble. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would have been in trouble. All the older guys kind of came in a little bit higher than usual, but, hey, it's cold. Yeah, they, totally. The veteran it's, guys have earned it's that. It's the one where you kind of look around and you're like, okay, no one fucking like beat me in this race. Let's all just stay <laughs> right, like equivalent to each other, you know? Like when you bag skate and you go in the one group and you just say, hey, boys, there are no heroes in this one. That's just fucking, hey? <laughs> you lead the first lap, I lead the second lap, hey? But, uh, Kev, I wanted to ask you, you know, you were mic'd up a lot last year and you're obviously just like your bro, you're hilarious. But the one thing I, I wanted to ask you about your game is, is you're always talking on the benches. Is that something that makes you play better? Have you always been like that? Does it get you engaged? Because when I played, I like to, you know, some guys would probably say I never shut the fuck up, but is that something that you've always had or as you learned as your NHL career kind of has progressed here? Yeah, like Jimmy knows, like, I'm a very outgoing person. I love to have fun. I love to make sure everyone's having a good day. Like, if I see someone's negative, I try to just fuck around with them until they realize, like, all right, fine, I'll, I'll be positive now. Um, but for me, like, the only person I'm negative about is, is honestly myself. Like, and it's kind of in a joking way. And I was lucky enough when I was younger uh, with the Rangers, like my best friend of that team was Keith Yandel, yes. Stalzy. Oh yeah. He's the same way. Funny. Rick Nash. The same way. Like they have an absolute yeah. blast. He's like, you guys know it's the best job in the world. You get paid millions of dollars and you get to go play hockey every day. And, and so like, and then, so I, I play with Marty St. Louis, who's a huge talker on the bench. Um, sometimes you he, sit there and you're like, holy shit, how much more information could I get? As a- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Marty, you're a fucking Hall of Famer. Like, I don't make the same plays as you. I, I'm just trying to dump it in, get off so Avi doesn't send me down to Hartford. Like, like, I understand you're nasty and like you want the best out of me, but like, hey, I'm also, like, you're a Hall of Famer. I don't want to get fucking sent down. 
So I kind of realized like every year, like you just kind of give it back to what you learned. Like I love to be a fun guy. I'm a serious guy when I have to be. Um, but like when I'm, when I have younger linemates, I try never to yell at them ever. Like, you know how it is like Jim up, he like as forwards, like, if someone makes a bad play in your head, you're like, what the fuck? Like, how the hell did you just make that play? But you can't go back there because then these kids are going to be fucking petrified to make plays when they're out there. So so I, I always try to keep it loose. And then, but like, last year was a huge, like, eye-opening thing with me with uh, with Oscar Limblom. Like, this kid's fucking awesome. And all of a sudden, he gets told he has cancer. Like, it's, it's like, heartbreaking. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, how do I complain about not being on the power play when this guy's fucking battling treatment? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. From like that was, that on, I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to be the most positive teammate I can be for the rest of my career. Like, and that, and that's yeah, and that's what you're there for too, Kevin. You may, you may not know that, but uh, you know, a lot of guys just have these natural like leadership qualities that they carry, whether they you know know that someone's kind of watching them or not. Whether it's like letting a young kid live with you or. Um, you know, joking around, whether, you know, someone's putting on the music and you kind of chirp it a little bit or like anything, you know, within a group of guys, right? It's like the, the year is long. You need, yeah. you need like the Hayes brothers on your squad. You need fucking, you know, Obi and Updog fucking screaming at guys on the ice, whether good or bad. Yeah. Like it's just, it's all part of the game, like you said. And it's, it's part of the game I miss too. I miss like fucking laughing with guys. Uh, Yans, Yans used to fucking during the game, like he'd make a pass or I'd make a pass and he'd always call me juice. Cause I'd always, at the time it was like my thing. I'd be like, so juice, yeah, yeah. Like, this watch, check out juice. This watch is, you know? And so any, anytime I'd make like a simple pass, Yans would be like juice, Fucking just yelling at me on the ice. Like, shit like that. It's just, you, you remember that stuff. It's, it's contagious too. The boys feed off it's it. quality. Yeah. It makes, cause you know how it is. Kevin Jimbo and, and up when practice, when are losing some days it's like, fuck, you gotta get out there create your own energy to snap it around in the morning and it, and it just I always felt that guys feed off it and makes it more fun and I mean I guess if you're on an eight game losing streak you can't really be out there fucking around but a lot of times it helps I'm sure like when I first got here the, this like core group that was here was probably like holy fucking shit this guy doesn't shut the fuck up like, <laughs> and he still doesn't shut up but I think like as the year went on like and they actually came to love it and think it's hilarious but I look forward to every day going in the locker room and just listening to Lawton and TK. Like, it is unbelievable. That's great. That is great. Hey, uh, Hazy, who picked you up from the airport the very first time you flew into Philadelphia? <laughs> Frank Saravelli. Did he really? Oh, Fuck, can't tell a story Frank, with we're... Frank Saravelli. Yeah, let's hear it. Because I, I remember the first time I ever landed in Philly was the first time I ever got traded. And, and their team, your team services guy, Brian Hardenberg, Oh, he's a, he's a fucking yeah. He's legend, and uh, I'll always just remember kind of driving past the rink, knowing that that's where I was going to play hockey for the next couple years or whatever, and like the fact that I was moving to the, the city of brotherly love and and just the whole experience. But they made it so professional, um, yeah. you, you know, the so, whole so, time. Yeah. Two, two, um, so when I got traded there, um, it was a complete shock. Honestly, like I got traded when I was on a golf course and. And um, I flew in and Chuck Fletcher picked me up. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Like, picked me up, brought me by the rink. I didn't, like, obviously, I didn't realize how crazy the fans were because I only came on, like, a Saturday primetime game against against the Flyers when I played in New York. So, like, we would come in the night before, eat dinner, go to bed, wake up, 1 o'clock game, you're back in New York by 7 p.m. So I knew absolutely nothing about the city. 
Um, and so Chuck kind of gave me the ins and outs. And then when I eventually signed there, uh, Frank Saravelli wrote a story about how uh, he heard that I said something uh, that I'm only going to sign with the Flyers if they overpay me by like, a ton of money. And I don't know who he heard it from, and we squashed it, honestly, because now my second story, I go to Chicago to do the media tour. Uh, like the beginning of every season, like they send one or two guys from every team, and you either meet in New York or Chicago. They should probably do it in different cities, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, Vegas, <laughs> Vegas, L.A., maybe. <laughs> it's a week away, but... Um, so... I remember Frank must have been in Chicago doing media or something. And he's a TS, TSN reporter. And um, and so I, I land and um, just on a regular commercial flight, my bag's going around the carousel and like me and Frank kind of lock eyes. And I kind of like, I wasn't mad at him, but I was kind of like, what, like, why did this guy write this story? And so he comes up to me and he's like, hey, uh, I'm Frank Saravelli. And in my head, I'm like, oh, this fucking guy. And and we kind of squashed it right there. And he was like, do you know where you're going? I'm like, no, I bought an apartment. I bought a place. Uh, I'm like, I, I was just going to hop in an Uber. And he's like, oh, I'll, I'll take you there. So that was kind of funny. Like, I entered, I entered Philly. I meet a guy who blatantly just told the world I only signed him because they overpaid me. And all of a sudden, he's driving me to my apartment. That you've um, never seen. That's like a, probably a $12 million pad. To it. He's like, I was right. Fucking guy did. He did overpay. He did overpay. <laughs> Look, he's, he hasn't even been to his condo. It's fucking six bedrooms down in the fucking it's fucking playland. Yeah, that's great. Kev, you're one of those guys like we've been talking about. Just you hate being alone and you're on the road and all the COVID rules this year that they're going in effect. Explain to these guys what you love doing on the road, having the dinners on the road, and how you're going to adjust it with all the guys this year. Oh fuck! It's I learned this early from Keith Yandel. Uh, he his career he's never done room service in his uh in his hotel on the road one time i respect I, that i don't think i did either i mean there was times i had to do room service boys i couldn't <laughs> fucking get out of my bed i was so hung cheese but fuck <laughs> i respect it and, and so i'm like that's just it's such an easy way to like build team camaraderie like taking guys out to dinner showing the young guys paying a couple paying for a couple playing the credit card game and like just going out grabbing a glass of wine and stuff and and so like i always tell the young kids i'm like if i ever hear that you're ordering room service you can't go to dinner with me for a month you either have to be sneaky about it or never let me see like yeah. if i see someone you know when you finish room service you just put it outside your door um and so i'm like i text brian i'm like hey whose whose room is 605 because i saw they have room service and if it's a young kid i'm like all right <laughs> they come to dinner with me so this year i'm like fuck like I don't even think we're allowed to go to dinner, honestly. Like, we're supposed to get catered to the, um, like, a conference room at the hotels. So I want to get a dinner place that's in the city we're going to and have them cater it to someone's room and just have all the boys in there. So we'll see how it goes at the beginning. But, but there's like, for me, there's nothing better. Like, the NHL is awesome. There's nothing better than going to dinner on the road in the NHL. My favorite part yeah. of the whole thing. Kev, I respect that a ton, man. And because, and, and listen, a guy I played with, Roberto Luongo, who I love, Bobby Lou, Broadway, you guys play with him. Bobby Lou's a great teammate, unbelievable goalie, bailed me out more times than not in Vancouver. But with Lou, he would play poker on the plane. So I would give him that. He'd play poker, rain or shine. He never went out, so he's never hung over, so he wouldn't pass on, a, on a, a poker game on the bird. So I would give him that. But he was a big room service guy, Kev. Like, I'm talking every night on the road, room service, never went for dinner. I'd be like, Bobby Lou, fuck, man, come for dinner. And, Granted, he's our number one goalie, so no one said anything. But 
part of me was like, man, I wish you would have just kind of went out for the odd dinner with the boys up dog. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's like you said, that is one of the best things there is. Not just because you get to fucking throw the glass of the yeah. rouge around, eat a nice steak, laugh, meet the hostess, fucking <laughs> do your thing. Like it's meet there's the a hostess. full there's a full process to like. You know, meet downstairs seven fifteen. Exactly. Lock in. I got the Uber. Where are we going, boys? Yeah. Or but it, it, by the end, it was never that. I'd have the fucking Brezzo already dialed in two days before. Braden Shen was also a guy that loved dinners on the road. To the he would be texting me like, "Up dog, where where could we go? That's new, like in fucking Colorado." You know, and and he would research it, and that says a lot about the the leadership qualities of teams that have their their guys. Grab younger yeah. players, yeah. grab European guys, you know, because yeah. there's, you know, there's n- niches on a team, right? There's the boys over here and, and you eventually got to bring everyone in kind of, you know, yeah. get get Bobby Lou out of the fucking you out of the room, spots. which is tough. But yeah, you have your spots that you absolutely like have to hit every road trip, like uh, one in Vancouver, that sushi place in Van. What's yeah, down in Yale Town. It's uh, Blue Water. Yeah. Blue Water Grill. Something like that. That's a, that's a solid one. Yeah, that's yeah, a good one. Catch LA or catch New York, but like there is, there's always like that random city that like like my favorite city to go on the road is Chicago, because there's oh, just best. so much to do there. So like every time I go to Chicago now, I try to find a new unreal dinner spot. And I'm not sure if Matt and Matt Niskin is retired now, but I'm not sure if he was a dinner guy. But for some reason, he would always go to dinner with me every single road trip. It was because you're and a beauty. I, yeah. Fuck. Who wouldn't want to go to dinner with you? And so, like, him and uh, Justin Braun started at the, by the end of the season. They were like, all right, Hazy, where are we going to dinner? And uh, we had a dinner in Vegas at uh, Catch. Mark Scheifele gave me the the, the chef's number. And um, there was, like, 15 of us ended up. And I'm like, fuck, I set up this big dinner. Everyone's excited to go. The bill comes. I'm like, all right, I guess I just got to soak this one. <laughs> <laughs> But that's the type. That's the type of guy you are. You can soak it, and you would be happy to. Paul Correa would fucking take any bill all the time. You know, and it'd be fun just to play credit card game. The bill, like, and then at the end, the lady's like, "All right, well, who's paying?" And it's already paid for. Like the fucking PK had already like paid for it. Oh, he would do that. Oh, oh, that's awesome. Steiner, same way. Steiner would always love to play the credit card game, but like never ever make either a young guy or just anyone else you know take care of the bill. He just you know how it is like when you're young you're like this is a two thousand dollar bill like my first year in the league i, I think i had like 1500 limit on my debit card I even have <laughs> colorado on a on a i forget where we went and there's like 12 of us there and i'm one of the last three guys that's in a card game and in the end they'll sit next to me i'm like hey if i lose this hey my card's gonna get rejected so i like, can't have that happen in front of everyone so i'm like keith like please just help me out if I lose. Like, I'll pay you back all the money, but like, and, and some, but just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem at all. Like, all right. So I end up losing. I'm like, so the lady comes over. I'm like, hey, uh, pretend like I'm paying the guy next to me is going to give you his card. And I'm like, please don't embarrass me. He's like, no, no, don't worry about it. Like, I get it. And the bill comes over. He goes, hey, he can't afford it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So literally from that road trip, we landed in New York. I went up to his apartment, and him and his wife ordered me a, a credit card. That's, That's classy. Cool. That's classy. 
I mean, the thing about the credit card game, I always it's it's unbelievable play, but for whatever reason, the guy who brings it up, typically nine times out of ten, it's he's always, fucking in it yeah. to the end where you're like, fuck, I should have kept my big mouth closed. And Hazy Kev, you make a good point. I remember as my career went on, talking some young guys into it, and you could just see them sitting there the last couple, and they're like, just hoping to fuck it doesn't get them. But it's it's good for team building too. Those those things were great. Hazy, you guys got a card game in Philly, or what do you guys do on the road when you're when you're out there, like on the planes? Um, I was at a table last year with me, Jake, Justin Braun, Tyler uh, Pitlick, and Chris Stewart. Uh, Stewie and Pitter are gone, so I think uh, Gustafson's going to join our table, and we'll probably bring someone up from the C table, which is which is uh, the- <laughs> <laughs> got to earn that fucking spot. The young There's kids no that's sit on the floor of the plane and play. I love it. Who, what, what, just all the young boys are doing that? That's awesome. I was Abe Kubel, Konechny, Sandheim, Limblom. Uh, so we'll probably grab one of them and have them come up with us. So we do a lot of talking on this thing about, uh, and this, this podcast is going to turn into a nice fantasy sports, little gambling podcast here. I think we're going to start to, to, to feed uh, the fans a lot of different plays from our boys. But do you guys got a, a little group of guys that like to throw a little cheddar around on Sunday football or, uh, you know, some of these NCAA football matches coming up? Yeah, sure. We got, we got some guys that, that love to think that they can outsmart Vegas. Uh, <laughs> You're one of them. You being one of them. Uh, and, and so, but I mean, yeah, it's there's nothing better than Sunday football. I absolutely love it. I'm glued to the red zone from 1 to 8 and then switch over to ESPN for the 8.30 game. Uh, and even being in a sports town, it's that much better. Like, the Eagles are usually pretty good. They weren't good this year, but, um, yeah, it's – it's so much fun. That's like, so in Philly, when I was in Philly, our, our whole team might have gambled. I, I want to say we all played cards. It was an eight-man card game. And there would be Sundays, there would be like, we would action pack, like just pile over to either Lupel's place or we had Ben Eager was on our team the one year, Hartnell. But we would all then, and, and that's also camaraderie too, like fucking, you know, getting together, watching games when you're not at the rink, fucking hanging out. Uh, this weekend's a big weekend. We got fucking... Four matches, two each day. This is probably the best sports uh, sports weekend. Wild card weekend's a big weekend in NFL. Yeah, followed by Monday night's NCAA championship. So yeah, a big weekend. Got to get a lot of. I remember, a lot of action going. NHL's back, baby. Yeah, when I first start, I'm going to be betting on the NHL heavy this year, by the way. But when I first retired, Kev, I was like, all right, I got to I got to cut costs a little bit here, right? Like I was still mixing it in Hollywood a bit and going out. So I'm like, I can't cut that out. So I'm like, I'm going <laughs> to stop gambling for a bit, and. Uh, boys, I'll tell you what. As you guys know, I just the fucking games where I wasn't even watching the games. I'm like, you so anyways, I'm back in it now. Uh, thank God for the World Juniors got me out of a bit of a hole. But uh, yeah, it's good for team building too. Team building, it's good to just you know you don't have to bet a lot, right? We're not just we're not promoting fucking you people to go like to throw their shirt on a fucking basketball game that's going on in Mississippi State. No, we're we're like talking about knowing the players, playing fantasy sports, fucking which I've now two and zero in our fantasy. Uh, I've had two fantasy fucking tournament wins. One that, have. one that Flowers likes to question all the time, but a victory is a victory. Um, so anyway, who do you, who do you guys like for the Super Bowl? I got Tom my Brady. money on the fucking Bills boys. Oh, I, yeah, Bills I got Tom the Brady, Bills baby. going. Yeah, I got Tom Brady bringing bringing the Bucks Super Bowl. You do, huh? They're we gonna, got coming out of the they're AFC. They're going to walk camp. through Washington this weekend. They're oh, going to absolutely God, yeah. throttle them after what Washington did to Philly. <laughs> By the way. The New York Giants, they got absolutely hosed this week. Oh, man. Philly, what's been going on in Philly with the Eagles over there? Yeah, it's it's not good right now. Uh, they played, they benched Wentz, and then they benched Hurts, and then they put in Sudfield, and then Joe Judge is 
saying that the Eagles blew the game on purpose for a better draft pick. But at the same time, it's like, why wouldn't you get a better draft pick if you're not making the playoffs? Yeah, 100%. and by the way, Joe Judge, you're fucking 6-10. and 10, Not You know, it's like, you, you deserve a <laughs> yeah. playoff. Don't be complaining. If Do a better the, job. Fuck if it, it was the Cowboys who won that game against the Giants on Sunday and they were the fucking team to go in had Washington lost that game, you imagine the fucking oh, conspiracy man. gods just... Oh, it would Steve be crazy. Nate Smith would have been going nuts. I think the refs, the refs would have been paid to to cause some sort of commotion in there to get those fucking guys in there. But I agree. Crazy. Hey, Kev, I just want to ask you one thing about the scheduling, bro. Like, as an ex-player, I mean, we, when I first started in the league, man, we would play like in the Pacific Division. We would play three times in Calgary, and then they come to Vancouver three times. I know it's COVID, but is there anything about you guys playing the same fucking teams over and over again? Or are you just accepted as players and say, "Fuck it, boys, let's go out and win a hockey game." Probably both, honestly. Like it's it's definitely gonna be weird when you're playing Tom Wilson and Big Z and Ovi. Yeah. Oh god. Fuck oh. Me. They're like, holy shit. But I think it's gonna make for like at the beginning guys are gonna be like, Oh shit, like this is annoying we're playing the same team, but come the end when you actually need to win to get into the playoffs, there's not gonna be a lot of film watch. Like you played each other six times already, you know everyone's ten. That's a, Kevin, great, that's a point. great point, bud. Mm-hmm. Less film. I like that. That's a great point. And then, so it all comes down to just like hard work, which is like I absolutely love. Like you're gonna get the best out of all your teammates because now you can't blame it on film. You can't blame the coach and tell me that they're gonna do this. It's it's fucking show up and fucking drop your sack and get ready to go. Honestly, yeah. like what are, what are the guys' feelings on the no fans? I know you guys experience in the bubble, but that's playoff hockey, so it's a lot easier to get up the games. These regular season games. How, what are the guys' thoughts on having no fans? And is there any rumors of fans coming in to the uh, stadiums yeah. at all? The rumors that I hear are going to be the same ones that you guys probably hear, honestly. Scoops um, over here. We've heard nothing. I think it'll be different for sure because when we were in Toronto, it was built for no fans. Like, they had all the screens. They had uh, the team logos. They had, like, a bunch of shit during intermission, during, like, uh, in between whistles. So, like, I don't know if... Like if Wells Fargo or MSG or, or Long Island, like I don't know if they're like they're going all out like Toronto did. So like maybe it's going to be way quieter than Toronto. Was. Toronto they did a great job. Like it, it, besides the fans, it felt like a regular season game. Obviously, you go for warm ups. Hoppy's favorite time of the year is warm ups. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> but like so that's really weird. That like when we went out for our first exhibition game against the Penguins. I was like, holy shit, this is weird. All you see are like the, the NHL social media people. That, like, that's it. You don't see one other person in the crowd. Um, and I'm sure that's what the Wells Fargo is going to look like. So I'm interested. Well, you got Gritty back in there. I know. That's huge. That's Gritty huge. got a quarantine. That was a great, got, was a great tweet, Kev. That was fucking hilarious, bro. You're like, I'm holding out if Gritty's not in there. <laughs> You'll be surprised, I think, too, Hazy. I, I think a lot of teams and buildings will do go the extra and spend a little bit of the extra money so their fans can have something to look at. Can like the ice girls come in, or what's the ruling on the ice girls? What, are they, they get COVID tested, or is there ice girls, or what's going on there, I wonder? I know it. So <laughs> Edmonton. I think that a team that, like our building, we have us and the Sixers. Yeah, you, they should. So I feel like if you have that, you should... They, they uh, could sell advertising on those things. They could, but at least make them look as, like aesthetic. Like Edmonton and Toronto did a great job with those that wooden like platform they had. But that maybe not all out like that. But have something. Throw some cars in the fucking stands or something. I don't know. Exactly. So I'm. Intru- I honestly, I haven't heard one thing about it. Like, so we have an inner squad scrimmage there um, this weekend. I think we're going there. We're going to do like a black versus orange game at Wells Fargo, and so. 
hopefully that'll give us some insight on what the season's going to look like. How was the golf game this year down the stretch? I know you were in Florida for a while skating and, and teeing it up. Who was, uh, who were your boys out there and where were you guys playing? Yeah, it was good. I played a ton of golf. Um, when I got back, I did like a little golf. Swing. Joined a sick club up here. Old sandwich boys. Sick golf course. Um, but yeah, my last round was at Jordan's course, which was unbelievable. It was my favorite round of golf. I played Pine Valley was my top three. Liberty was up there. Yeah. Uh, me and Jim Spiner's uh, trip to uh, with all of our buddies. That was awesome. But this course just blows everything out of the water. Like there's no there's no rules there. Like yeah, those so, that, so, that's that's special. Yeah, Tell Kev, us. when you say it blows out of the water, you just mean the whole atmosphere or the actual course, or just that you can go in there. There's no rules. You just have a fucking time, kind of like Discovery Projects with Melbourne and the boys. Yeah. So the course itself like is great. It's a it's a really nice course, but it, it doesn't blow other courses out of the water in that way. Like it's just a regular golf course. But like the only rule that Jordan has is to be nice to everyone. Like that that's only Jackie Boone, nice. everybody love everybody. We only got one rule here. Everybody love everybody. <laughs> Can you tell us about uh I know they don't want probably too much being said about the course and what happens in there, but is there uh like a goat alley? Yeah, man, it's unbelievable. It's I, I mean I I can tell you about some stuff. Yeah. Uh first of all, he bought the land for a bunch of money, I think. And and uh he built uh a security gate right at the front and then there's another security gate miles later and from gate one to gate two is just a dead straight road and it's because he he has a bunch of like fast cars and he just lets them rip fucking let it eat <laughs> so, so how long is it like two miles yeah look, probably two miles and it's just like you can hear on the course it's like <laughs> is there a record for anyone getting a car up to a certain <laughs> speed like do they probably have like a fucking uh, like one of those shoots uh, at, at the end of it that your car needs to fucking shoot out the back just to slow it down <laughs> everything you have there is just it's just so you just don't have the same feel anywhere yeah. else like you walk through they have goat alley it's it's Jordan's course uh, Jordan's locker Wayne Gretzky's locker and Tom Brady's locker so that's fucking how are alley you? right there Fuck. That's the goat ranch. That is. Right there. You want to be part of that little goat, goat it's stall. So, like, like, you just don't know who you're going to see every time you're there. It's it's just so many like cool people are members there. Like I was I was playing. Gretzky was there. Jordan was there. Ricky Fowler was there. Keegan Bradley was there. A couple of Jordan's buddies. Uh, and then you walk into the pro shop, and there's just Jordans everywhere. Probably the probably the ones of ones too, right? Like the ones that he, yeah. Kev got me a sick pair of Jordan cleats for Christmas. For Christmas, juice. Nice. Those Jordans. Uh, the caddies are in uh, like these little motorcycle scooters. Uh, the carts they go forty miles per hour. Heads <laughs> up. I mean that's that's golf for 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 listeners too up in Canada. Like they have no recollection. But, you know, for my boys that play, you know, in our hometown. This is like full on fucking. It, it's. I mean, you got to watch out for those, Disneyland fast, out those fast carts, boys. I fell out of a cart in McKenna and Maui with Manchester and Jeff Gill and the boys. This cart went 40 miles an hour, too. And this was the last day. We've been there three days, boys. And I, I was in one and I turned this way <laughs> and fuck. I went out of the fucking thing, landed on this like volcano rock in Maui. So keep your head up on those 40 mile an hour because they can get you. And then, like, you show up on the practice, practice range and they're like, hey, Mr. Hayes, uh, what type of balls do you want in? And I'm like, uh, the white, the white one, <laughs> the practice the ones that are going to lose everywhere. And yeah, exactly. The ones I'm going to donate back to the course. And and so I'm like, Keith, what are you talking? He's like, you can tell them Pro V ones, you can tell them tight, like you can tell them Callaways. And they show up with a little bag, 
and they give you those balls on the practice scores. That's national. So, so you, get, national you can hit there. any ball you want on the on the practice tee. Our club, Big Canyon's got the TP fives. That's nice touch. That's nice touch. Yeah, yeah that's, but that's that's next level though. Yeah. So Mike Richards, who we had on, Kev, he wants to join there. So who is Yan's the guy? Because he asked me. And Dave Bolin. And Dave Boyle. Okay, good. Because Richie, he hit me up after we had him on. He's like, "Hey, who's the guy there?" That I, I was like, "I think it's Yandel." So we get Richie to join there too. We we'll go down and tee up with that him. That is where we go, right there. And it's, then. It's- it's a cool experience. Really Hazy, is. so the skates and the skates leading up to to this point we're at right now down in Florida. Who who were you there with, and like who are you excited to? I guess who was there and skating well, and who are you excited to see maybe on your own team this year that you see just buzzing so, right now? I went down there my last time. And I, I didn't skate. I just hung with Yans. Uh, we it. hung at his place. But like guys that I usually do like summer camps with, uh, like Daryl Belfry. Um, like he usually like Patrick Kane usually runs a. Uh, a camp in Naples every year and it's nice going there because you get to meet guys you never met before and kind of interact with them for, for a week and and um, but like one of my favorite players that I just absolutely love watching I know he's nasty but like I just love watching his game and I always tell my buddies I'm like betting this guy to score whatever the limit is of his over under goals bet over is, is Austin Matthews yeah man <laughs> I, I think he's gonna have a massive year too. I mean, it's not a not, I'm not going on a limb here, but I agree with you, Kev. He's fucking nasty. And he's playing with Jumbo. And so, I, me and my buddy Noah Hannifin were gonna we're gonna go down to his house uh, this summer, but I got hit with the virus, and so we couldn't go. But um, but like he he ran a camp this summer with like McDavid, Dumba, uh, Taves. They were all staying at his house, and Belfry was there with them. And he said it was unbelievable. He said he's gonna do it every summer. So I'm looking forward to that. But. Uh, so I love watching him. I think someone who's going to have a sick year is uh, Charlie Coyle. This guy is an absolute horse. Uh, he skated with me and Jim. I, I'm trying to make Broadway make a comeback. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Broadway was buzzing, eh? <laughs> totally. He's looking sharp, man. I give He's it looking to lean, too, lean. Broadway. You're looking lean. It's a tight shirt, boy. It's a tight shirt. I still got a barrel Lean, mean, fuck machine. That's hey, Kev, right. I, 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 I got to ask you one more thing here before we, we move on. Just about as an American-born player, because Berkey came out and said about you know Canadian guys playing in Canada. I know you went up to the peg at the deadline there. As an American-born player, what was that like for you up there? Did you embrace it? I mean, I know it's the, it's a sh- not the best place to live, but how was it playing in front of those fans as an American-born guy? It was my, one of my coolest hockey experiences for sure. Um, like I I didn't really know too many guys on the team <clears throat> before I got there. Um, and it's, it's always awkward getting traded at the deadline, especially when you're, like, supposed to help the team, like, win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Like, I was thought after – trade bait and so I mean I think Uppy was the one who released I announced it you read your damn rights I got, I got to call you and do a little interview uh, with TSN but yeah no 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 that was that was a big day for for all of Canada actually you were you were the highest rated centerman going into that day and and you went to one of the top contending teams it just kind of fell short yeah and, and like it sucked because we, we were supposed to go way further than we actually did but like I remember I get there and I played there and the fans are crazy, like absolutely crazy. And Blake Whaler was like, I don't think you understand what what playoffs is like here. And I'm like, oh, I'm sure I do. I played at MSG, like game seven, MSG conference finals. I've seen it all. It's not even close. You show up for warmups, it is a sold out barn. Everyone's in white. There's people waiting. I show up pretty early to the games. There's people already at the games at 3.30 outside, like all dressed up in white, huge screens watching the games. And you can hear... When we score, the crowd goes crazy, obviously. And then when they all settle down, you can still hear the people outside the arena. It's it's insane. And I remember my first game, they were playing the Wild. 
I'm like, just got off the plane uh, my last couple of nights in New York. Probably should have done some different things. And I- <laughs> yeah. No, you left your stamp on the city. I would have done the same thing, but nothing wrong with that. I remember I, I'm playing second line with uh, Line A and Ehlers, and I get on the ice, and the crowd stands up. Holy shit! Like, and I'm like, are they really doing this? Because I just got traded there, and then like, and it's uh, we're in a controlled four check, so their team just changed. So now all five of our guys get on the bench. I come in for a big loop. They pass it to me. Now the crowd starts cheering. I'm like, holy crap! This is the absolute national league right here. Like, yeah, that's crazy. And I come back to the bench. And I think it was Blake Wheeler again. He's like, that was pretty cool. Obviously, that was one of the coolest things I ever experienced. <laughs> the fans yeah. there. Dedicated, and then so I wake up the next morning, and you know the underground, right? To to get to the rink, yeah. And I'm Fairmont there, and I'm like, I have nothing, so I go get like a bottle of water and something like a Timmy Ho, and I'm sitting in line at the uh, convenience store, and the guy in front of me is like, he has no idea I'm behind him or knows who I am, and he's like, yeah, I went to the game last night, and that Hayes kid. Uh, he looked pretty good. Um, can be a better skater. And like, <laughs> too much. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, this is fucking game one. I'm like, these guys are like, And then, so later on, I'm sitting at Starbucks. And, um, you know, at Starbucks right below the hotel there. I'm sitting there, and some guy notices me. And he's like, are you Kevin Hayes? I'm like, yeah. He's like, uh, asking me questions. And then he's like, you mind if I sit down with you? <laughs> <laughs> Come right in, buddy. Come you want to tape my stick? Yeah, yeah. I mean, fuck. Like I got that. new laces. You want to put put my new laces in for me? <laughs> my mom's coming. And my mom's in Boston. She's not in Winnipeg. I'm like, my mom's, I'm expecting my mom soon. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll just wait until she comes. <laughs> no way. That's great. <laughs> That's Canada right there. Not not that's Canada. Go nuts up Canada. There. Let's go, boys. Um, that's, he's like, Talking about the power play, and I'm like, Oh, yeah, you guys live for the Winnipeg Jets. Like, it's, it's awesome. Kev, you touched on Oscar Lindholm uh, a little bit earlier, but I just wanted to uh, ask you about when he came back in, in the bubble. It was a must win game. What type of money was on the board, and like, what type of energy did that bring to your team? Uh, that was an awesome experience. Um, we it was weird with the, with the bubble because like. Everyone practiced at the same arena there, like uh, where Toronto practices. There's like six ranks. And so the Hurricanes were always before us and then the Bruins and then us. And so we didn't know if Oski was coming back into the lineup. We were kind of joking around if someone got hurt. We're like, Oscar, I hope you're ready. Like, you're coming in. And he's like, yeah. So we finished our practice and we're doing the team stretch around the circle. And AV announces that Oscar's going to play the next night. And, like, there was, say, 30 grown men and one like emotional moment like that's that's so cool Ryan the guys were fucking so jacked up you had chills in your body Uh, I'm sure Oscar was having all the feels but like it was just such a cool moment that I'll never forget and then before the game AV's kind of like right, everyone help out our boy here like it's his first game back he hasn't played in months and Barzell's out there buzzing around the ozone for two minutes Oscar's first shift. Oh, man. <laughs> Long shift. Comes back to the bench. He's like, no way. I can't. Like, this is insane. Next shift, minute 30, hemmed in again. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, fuck. That's all right. Bench. Like, Davey was literally like, I can't believe this is happening right now. Laughing all out of the bench. It was, it was a really cool moment. Yeah, the hockey. With the, with the healthy Oscar Lindholm and, and Nolan Patrick had been skating, are these young guys, what other type of young guys you guys have on your team that you're looking forward to 
to see what uh, they can bring to you guys. We didn't we didn't add much up front, but we got back Oscar and Nolan. Like those are Nolan's an absolute stud. Wait until you see this guy this year. He's he's unbelievable. And so like we didn't add anyone, but we got these two guys back, so we technically did. Um, and they just add depth to our team. Our, our top nine can match up with anyone, I think. Um, but then you have Joel Faraby. Uh, Phil Myers is going to have a good year in the back end. And then we have Hartsy. Yeah. It is insane. He he goes up to you after practice and you're like straight on him. He's like, yeah, you went an hour and 20 minutes. You didn't score one goal. I'm like, yeah, I took 85 shots on you. You're nasty. <laughs> you're like, maybe let one in for fuck's sake. Something got confidence. We got to play tomorrow night here. How funny is Jake Voracek? What's what's that fucking kid up to? I miss oh, that kid. I, I Playing with him in Columbus. This kid. I need he was, more stories out of this guy. It rained fucking for two and a half months straight, but he was the only beam of sunshine. Every day I would walk into the rink, I would fucking laugh at this guy, the way he looks, the way he acts, the way he's fucking, he talks. It's it's yeah. hilarious. What's he's what's up. he up to? He's a very honest, honest guy. He tells you exactly <laughs> He's great. He, he's, uh, he came back into camp. He, he's... Uh, He's got, I think he has four years here. And I mean, you know what you're going to get from Jake. Like, people are like, oh, people can shit on him all they want. The guy gets 60 points every single year. Yeah. Like, he's an absolute force out there. And he has the best stories ever. I sit next to him on the plane, and he is a fucking riot. When we played in uh, our first game last year, it was against the Blackhawks in his hometown. It was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Where in, in Czech or like Prague? Yeah, in Prague. Uh, oh, Prague. fuck. I started the season over there. Prague's so did Obi one year. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Like, people were crying in the streets when they saw. He's a legit. It's like him and Yager, like the two celebrities over there. Fucking Yogs is still snapping around, huh? He got an apple the other night in the Czech league. I saw. Holy fuck! Fuck, he's almost oh. sixty. I know. You guys, you guys played with Yogs in, in Florida, right? Well, how old is he? He's no, fucking forty-six, I think, yeah. or something like. Did that. I say yeah. he's almost sixty? He fuck, this he did. He's kicking in. Hey, Cap, listen, man, we, we, we loved having you come on. We're we're huge fans. You here at Mr. Curfew, obviously, with your bro, and um, we'll let you get to watch the World Junior Game. Stay healthy. Uh, we're, we're pulling for you guys, and we'd love to have you back anytime. We could do this all night, brother, but we got that gold medal game we got to get to. So uh, we appreciate it, brother. Stay safe. Thanks, Thanks boys. Thank you, on, man. Kev. Appreciate it. Love you guys. Broadway, awesome. Finally getting your bro on here. The apple doesn't fall far too far from the tree there. You guys are both beauties. Uh, it must be pretty cool watching him play night in and night out in the show, huh? Yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's uh for me to be able to watch him and to have him sign that contract that he signed, it's like a real proud moment for him. I probably don't tell him enough, but really proud of him. He puts a lot of time into his game, and he's like he had an instance uh, early in his career in New York. He got scratched during one of the playoff games by AV, and that I think that was like one of the turning points in his career. He hated that feeling, and he's turned into the player he is now, and he's starting to put his name out there in the league. He's, he's a big-time player. Yeah, he's nasty. I love what his his demeanor is like, and and the leadership qualities he brings, whether he knows it or not. Uh, those intangibles are are massive for for a hockey club, and and Philly, you know, being the team and the organization it is, uh, they've been through you know a lot of ups and downs over the years. He's he's an incredible player there for a while, uh, and that's beautiful. And and not only you're going to get those new uh, Nike shoes. Maybe he fucking pots fifty one year and buys you a new Mercedes fucking Jimbo. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for a Rolex first. But by the way, special thing we didn't touch on this, but how many American born brothers ever played in the NHL against each other? Because that is pretty fucking cool. Do you know that? No, I, I, let me look that up. I the meant Hatchers, to look that up. Hatcher brothers. Yeah, it was the Hatcher brothers, the Kachuk brothers. Yeah, that's me the, and my yeah, brother. That's your family. But anyway, you know that yeah. is. 
that is pretty special, man. I mean, I have, I have a brother, Obes. I know you have a sister, but you know, being in a hockey family and you know having that chance to to live your dream with your bro is is really really cool. Yeah, I can't imagine how cool that would be. And for me, just obviously, I followed him because I played with you Broadway, and I met him um, back in the day in New York, actually at Harvey's Christmas party. Him and a couple of the boys from the Rangers wheeled in. That was the first time I met him, but. Just the way he talked about his chatter, how he likes to come to the rink and be a fun-loving guy, and and he learned from Yans, and um, you know I don't know if young kids are like that anymore, but to see Kevin Hayes doing that, and uh, that reminds me of our time in Florida when you used to go around the room with your Red Bulls before the game and be like, it's time for Broadway. So um, oh, yeah, I love that. Great guy. We'll have him back on. We're we're pulling for him here at Mr. Curfew, and we got the gold medal game now, boys. Yeah, Hazy, good luck, fella. Yeah, hey, good luck, boys. I can't wait to watch it. So I love you guys to our listeners. Thank you, and. Uh, that's another missing. We'll see you curfew. next week for uh, the start of the season.